time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. When there is no imagination, there is no horror. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please welcome www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the, Empower- from the Voice Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. I'm Rohani Chabra, and we have an extremely spooky show planned for today about Halloween. In segment two, reporter Rose Sarner will be talking about Halloween candy, and our newest reporter, Sharanya, will be talking about the origins of Halloween. And right now, I will be sharing some spooky stories. Happy Halloween, everyone! And Halloween is honestly my favorite holiday after Christmas, and here are some seriously spooky two-lined horror stories to get us into the Halloween spirit. I began tucking, tucking him into bed, and he tells me, Daddy, check for monsters under my bed. I look underneath for his amusement and see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me, quivering and whispering, Daddy, there's somebody on my bed. And here's another one. The doctors told the amputee he might experience a phantom limb from time to time. Nobody prepared him for the moments, though, when he felt cold fingers brush across his phantom hand. Wow, that is so scary. Um, Here's another one. I can't move, breathe, speak, or hear, and it's so dark all the time. If I knew it would be this lonely, I would have just been cremated instead. And here's another one. Don't be scared of the monsters. Just look for them. Look to your left, to your right, under your bed, behind your dresser, in your closet, but never look up. She hates being seen. Oh my God, that is so scary. And here is one more. I woke up to hearing, woke up to hear knocking on glass. At first, I thought it was the window until I heard it come from the mirror again. Wow. And I found the scariest one. Day 312. Internet still not working. God, that's creepy. But to move on to a more lighthearted topic, let's talk about the origins of Halloween. So the Halloween tradition originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain, when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. Soon, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain. And the evening before was known as All Hallows Eve, and later Halloween. This day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. And Celts basically believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the world's of the living and the dead became blurred. So that's really spooky. And also on the night of October 31st, they celebrated the holiday when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth. And over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activities like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, festive gatherings, donning costumes, and eating treats. And the earliest costume themes, all of which continue to today, were, you know, ghosts, skeletons, devils, and witches. So otherworldly creatures such as Frankenstein, the mummy, and Dracula are all drawn from more popular culture. And this year for costumes, I want to go as Velma from 
the Scooby gang, but I'll have to see if I have time to go trick-or-treating. I might be a little too old now, which sucks, but I remember being so excited as a kid. I would go all around the block and get lots of candy. It's much easier when you're little, Um, and my mom actually made me dress up as a plate of peas when I was seven, and I think that's probably my most embarrassing costume. Like, it's so random and I don't even remember the context so but I guess I looked cute though because I was a kid and another thing I love about Halloween traditions is haunted houses I get really scared of them but I know some stuff about the history so they actually started back in the 19th century uh, 19th century in London way after Halloween first started with the ancient Celtics and in 1802 Mary Tussaud scandalized British audiences with an exhibition of wax sculptures of decapitated French figures, including King Louis Louis VI and Mary Antoinette. And that's pretty much why it's called Madame Tussauds. I honestly don't know if I like Halloween. Uh, Now that I think about it, I don't know if I like like haunted houses that much because I do remember one Halloween where it had to be shut down because I was crying too much. And now that I think about it, it wasn't really that scary because they were just teenagers dressed up as clowns. But when you're nine years old, it, it really freaks you out. And another thing I love about Halloween is carving pumpkins. So I've never been the best. I'm not very good at art. But my history teacher was actually able to carve a historical figure. I think it was Thomas Jefferson. So he has like a bunch of pumpkins lined up with different historical figures and he got to show it to us which is really cool and I love baking those um, pumpkins after into pie it's so good and prepares you for Thanksgiving which is probably my fourth favorite holiday and unfortunately we are out of time for this segment during the break check out our website www.bethestarur.org keep listening for more as I will be talking to Rose about Halloween candy thank you Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Ruhani, and today I will be talking with Rose Sarner with her segment Bite Share. Hi, Rose. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm excited. It's Halloween. Happy yeah, Halloween, too. Um, so I am back with my segment called Bite Share, where I discuss the importance of urban food policy, nutrition, and food access in our world today. And speaking, I think I speak for most people when I say that One of people's favorite parts of Halloween is, of course, getting lots and lots of free candy. I mean, I really like dressing up, but I think a lot of people really like free candy. And it's... it's Sorry, go ahead. It's every kid's dream also to have a day where they can eat an unlimited amount of candy and not be stopped or judged by their parents. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and Halloween was just the one day where I could just collect a huge stash of free candy and I even would put it under my pillow sometimes and ask (laughs) to like have the switch fairy come where like they would exchange the candy with like a present or something (laughs) that is so cute like my parents did not go through that much effort um I just basically try to get as much as possible but I have a brother and he would eat a lot of it so that sucked but (laughs) My favorite kind of candy is probably, like, 
Anything chocolate? How about you? Um, yeah, chocolate. I like the coconut too. I think they're called almond joys. I like the nutty. Um, oh yeah, I love almond joys. They're so sweet and also um I had braces for like six years so for like six Halloweens it was like a pain on my teeth after and like each time I would go to the dentist or my orthodontist after she'd get so mad at me because my wires would be broken (laughs) yeah Halloween is for a lot of kids the one day where they like I said just eat a bunch of candy but then the next day they just pick up where they left off eating healthy nourishing foods But what some people don't really realize is not everyone can just turn around and eat, have these fresh fruits um, at their disposal. So I think this is often overlooked. And the reality is, is that these nourishing foods are really the things that are helping people's bodies and strengthen, strengthening their immune systems and all the systems in their body. These foods help um, work, they work together to help one's body like prosper and grow and with free candy and all that kind of stuff and kids really taking advantage of that candy. They don't realize that a lot of people are unfortunately eating this free candy all the time and it's all they have. Yeah. And there are there like any studies that back up that information? Yes. So according to a study done at the Friedman School at Tufts University, 10 foods are estimated to cause nearly half of all U.S. deaths from heart disease, stroke, and type 2 diabetes each year. And of those foods, one of the primary groups that cause such deaths are sugary beverages. Yeah. And I know that it can lead to a lot of heart issues, which I think is like the number one cause of death in this country. Yeah, so if these sugary beverages account for, like you said, a large amount of heart diseases and also strokes and type 2 diabetes, think about the fact candies that are like blocks filled with sugar have on people's health that can't be good. Yeah. Unfortunately, many Americans don't have the luxury like we we're talking about to feed their bodies with the vital nutrients that come in fresh fruits and vegetables. And they're forced to rely on these cheap alternatives, which tend to be low in nutrient density. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the way Halloween is advertised. Yeah, an issue I have with Halloween actually is the way it is advertised. I think Halloween is advertised to Americans starting from a young age as a holiday where you are allowed to specifically collect free candy, like the keyword being free which I think connotes the idea that people should be taking advantage of the holiday by collecting large amounts of candy, when in reality, people should be given healthy options for free because in comparison to candy, these healthy options and fresh produce is what is vital and important to one's long-term health. Yeah, and I think you have to start teaching kids that when they're very young. Yeah, definitely. And I think that like you were like you said teaching kids that candy on halloween is free makes them think that everyone should have access to candy when in reality the larger issue again is that healthy food should be a universal right and everyone should have access to fresh produce and i think this connects to nutritional education an idea i mentioned in the past radio show which is in order to change the food systems and food crisis in America, people need to be properly educated on nutrition from a young age. I totally agree with you. And you mentioned nutritional education, how you think there should be, you know, nutritional classes in schools and community centers. So what do you think they should focus on to help the food systems and, you know, affect long-term change? I think definitely nutritional education classes and courses, they need to truly be tailored to the people they're serving. For example, if nutritional courses were offered at community centers and I was teaching at these community centers with parents and families experiencing food insecurity and going through food insecurity firsthand, I may focus on ways to get healthy options at a lower price and really making a plan to create action. And Mm -hmm. I think noticing where these families, where their closest grocery stores are, or even how to cook healthier meals with minimal ingredients and at lower prices is really a great way to start. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And how do you think people can like advocate for the government to support 
those who don't have, you know, access to fresh fresh produce? Well, I think it's really important to reach out to government officials because by writing writing letters to people in power who can actually enact change, it's the only way change will come about. And not only reaching out to government officials, but also people in your community to help educate them about current issues going on. And then asking them to write those and those to people in power, those letters, reinforcing what you previously wrote and reinforcing the idea that this is a current issue that's going on and that needs to be addressed. And the more likely, this is a way the more likely government officials will pay attention to them because more people are writing about such issues. And there's, of course, a power in numbers. And I think that, again, going back to what I think community centers should be focused on, there's a power in numbers when it comes to all these students and these students who are the future. And if they don't get nutritional education from a young age, long-term change is never going to happen. So just going back to my question, the question you asked me earlier, I think that also those students in elementary or middle school, I would also focus on teaching them healthy habits to enact long-term change and making sure those students know, like a great, have a great guideline on what healthy food means and long-term health means to them. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't think in elementary school I had that very much. And I remember one year, like, our lunches totally changed. I think it was, like, Michelle Obama's plan to, like, make school lunch uh, more healthy. And everyone was complaining about it. Um, But I feel like if we were taught the importance of, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables, we probably would have realized why it's important. And I think, do you know, like, of any, like, organizations that Um, are established to help people experiencing, like you mentioned, food insecurity and the lack of access to fresh produce? Yes. So last year over quarantine, when I really noticed how prominent this issue was in in my community, I connected with the organization Lunch on Me, which is in downtown Los Angeles. And their bodega, they have a bodega set up, then a storefront, Um, that serves members of their community who do not have access to healthy options. And they also give food out at discounted and extremely affordable prices. Like they have pre-packaged like salads, bowls, sandwiches um, with fresh ingredients. And they're all like $2 or like $5. And I remember on the first day I went down to the bodega, I was asked to like hand out kombucha to people who are just walking past and I was like oh my gosh this is amazing because me at a store I'd be paying like I don't know ten dollars for one kombucha and she was just giving it out for free so it just really goes to show that this organization is taking action in their community and it's really making people people's day a lot better and making their health and improving their health Mm -hmm. Yeah, what is kombucha, by the way? Like, I've heard a lot about it, but I never found out what it was. Yeah, so kombucha is a probiotic and a prebiotic, and it's basically, uh, almost, I like to explain it like an infused water, kind of a mixture between, like, sparkling water and lemonade in a way, but it's all natural, no added sugars. And my favorite is the lemon ginger, and it's super refreshing, and it's just kind of like a healthy soda that's good for you and tastes delicious. Oh, wow. And um, going back to Halloween, what do you think would be like healthy foods to give away at Halloween? Um, I know kids wouldn't really like kombucha, so do you have any alternatives? (laughs) Um, I really like making healthy candies with my friends Mm -hmm. uh, during the Halloween season. Like it's super easy. You can just, you can take one of those like muffin uh, cans or like one of those popsicle uh, mm-hmm. pre like stamped I think they're like stamped with different shapes and you can just layer like some like melted dark chocolate or your favorite kind of chocolate and then like peanut butter and another layer of chocolate and then freeze it and it turns into this like Reese's bite which is really delicious and you're making it at home so you're saving money and you also have a great way to 
avoid all of the processed oils and sugar in the normal candy. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Um, But, you know, with COVID and everything, there are probably like parents who don't want their kids to eat things that aren't prepackaged or wrapped. So do you think it's important to maybe um, use gloves probably? Yeah, definitely. And there's also just so many healthier alternatives on the market now. Um, Like I know Unreal Snacks has great um, healthier Twix bars and Reese's cups and a bunch of like farmers markets even now sell like prepackaged like chocolate covered almonds or chocolate covered raisins or I mean in our world today like healthy food is becoming so much more and more recognized and more important so I think that a lot of companies have kind of noticed that and really taken advantage of people's interests in making healthier habits and so there are a wide variety of different candies or snacks to choose from. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, You know, like Whole Foods, I know, has a ton. And I think also other than like food, people give away like, you know, small toys maybe or toothbrushes, you know, for kids who have like dietary restrictions and can't eat candy in the first place. Do you think those would be kind of like taboo and maybe kids wouldn't appreciate that as much? Well, I definitely think as a kid, people just want – Kids specifically just want candy, but I think toothbrushes and energy bars are great to donate to organizations like Lunch on Me or food banks or sometimes if my mom and I have extras at our like Sunday night dinner or just a mm-hmm. random day dinner, we pre we individually package them and give them out to homeless people or food banks. And that's a really great way for people to get a full healthy meal. And then sometimes we add like toothbrushes or energy bars just to give them a whole care package. So I think even taking some of the candy you get and packaging it with other healthy alternatives, like one piece of candy, everybody wants one piece of candy. So packaging those with, the toothbrushes, the toys, the energy bars, and making it a whole kind of bag for people who don't have anything is a great alternative to just like giving out toothbrushes to young kids. Yeah, I think that's such a sweet idea. And I think during this holiday season, which is like from October to December, we consume a lot of sugar because, you know, Thanksgiving and then um, Christmas as well. So I think it's important always, you know, to eat in moderation, right? And it's good to enjoy things once in a while, but you really don't want to overload yourself with a lot of junk food and not balance it out with healthy food. And do you know, uh, we were talking about organizations before, do you have any more other than the one you mentioned about the bodega? Yes. So there are two I'm also familiar with that I've actually been in contact with, one named Alma Backyard Farms and the other called Flourish Forever. And Alma Backyard Farms, they plant gardens in places where there are many families experiencing food insecurity. Like they planted almost like creating a community garden in a way. Like, there are a bunch of gardens that pop up, like, in the middle of the city or next to, like, a school. Mm -hmm. And they plant this amazing garden full of different healthy foods, herbs, like, stuff that's easy to manage and just take out and use and that are really versatile um, plants and vegetables so I think they are doing amazing work and they're really easy to get involved they have group events that are really fun and you just go and you garden and it's kind of like it's kind of like a form of like therapy I like to think it's really (laughs) relaxing gardening yeah I feel the same exact way I also volunteer at a community garden it's actually my grandpa's so I usually go with him and He also plants, like, zucchinis, and they are so large. Like, yesterday, it was, like, the size of a python, pretty much. I was, like, scared of it. I thought it was a snake for a second. But, yeah, I think think we've talked about this before, but the vegetables you grow yourself taste so much better than if you were to get it from somewhere. And it's a form of therapy, like you said. Yes. And also the other organization I was talking about and mentioned called Flourish Forever, it has the same approach 
as Almond Backyard Farms, but they also they specifically focus on creating their gardens near schools. Mm. And they use those gardens as a learning opportunity for these students at each school they plant a garden near. And those students are able to interact with the garden and learn from what it produces and how they can benefit from what vegetables and fruits are being produced, which I think is an amazing idea because nutritional education is such a, a key value in the food crisis right now. Yeah, that is such a great idea, especially for, you know, near kids. And I think in third grade, the closest thing we kind of had to that was we had this little gardening unit and it was so much fun. You really learn a lot about, you know, healthy habits that way. And I wish there were more organizations like that near me. Do you ever like plan on starting one similar? I feel like you'd be really good at it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've looked into it. There's so many organizations already established. So I've worked with a bunch of organizations just like helping out because they already have like such a large community that they're serving and they're already in contact with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I like working with different organizations that have that um, community already established because I think it's really beneficial to impact a community right off the bat. I am mm -hmm. definitely open to the idea. And also Flourish Forever was, I actually found out about it because it was started by um, a girl named Marley Mills at my school. And so it was just really powerful to see her kind of start her own organization. Oh, wow. That is such an effective way, like, you know, to help out your community. And I really hope for something like that to be instated near me, I would definitely join. Um, other than, you know, volunteering with gardens and, like you said, giving away care packages, what other ways do you think we can impact our community um, trying to implement more healthy habits for everyone? I think also um, just making sure you are not healthy doesn't just mean like what food you put into your body. I mean, that's a huge aspect of it, but it also is making sure you're taking care of your physical health mm -hmm. and your mental health. So just finding ways that you like to express yourself or that you like to de-stress. And after a long day of school and after a long day of work, it's really important to find those outlets to really help you not just focus on school. And I know it's very easy to get caught up in all the work that you have, but I think it's really um, valuable to take some time, go on a walk outside or like listen to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite ways to relax and take care of myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those are just some ways. Do you have any favorite way to kind of de-stress? Um, well, not at the moment. It's just like I'm in my, I think we're both juniors, so it's like so tough right now. But I was planning on going trick-or-treating with my little cousin as, you know, as an excuse to just, you know, relive my childhood nostalgia. So that's probably what I'm going to do. I just really want to spend more time with yeah. my family also. I think that's important, and I feel like Halloween is a great way to bring um, bring yourself closer to maybe your younger relatives, and that's what I'm planning on doing this weekend. That's so exciting. Do you have a costume ready? I wanted to go as, like, Velma from, you know, the Scooby gang because I already have, like, her glasses. All I really need is her sweater. <laughs> and I do you have any costumes in mind? Um, I was thinking about being like a Disney princess with my Aww. friends and we'd each be a different princess or we had baseball players or we had a lot of ideas. I'm still undecided. I'm like the most indecisive person ever. Which princess did you want to go as? I was thinking of going as Cinderella. Oh, that is really cute. Yeah, Cinderella is a great like costume. Her dress is so pretty. And actually, in my uh, in the first segment, I was talking about you know embarrassing Halloween costumes. And when I was seven, I was like a plate of peas, which was like pretty embarrassing. Do you have like any similar <laughs> embarrassing Halloween costumes? That's amazing. Um, I was trying to think. Oh, one year I went as um. I don't know why I went as this, but I was like, I decided I wanted to be a monster because I found a really cute costume at the time. And then like looking back at the photos, it was just like not cute. It was like, <laughs> a, like 
pink beanie with eyes on it and like pink furry boots too it was a mess I'm sure it was cute and you know it was so great talking to you about Halloween and being healthy as usual it was it's so much fun talking to you so thank you and you have been listening to express yourself show your love for more segments by donating to the be the star you are charity at www.btsya.org and keep listening for more in segment three thank you Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. So, yeah, with Express Yourself. I'm your host, Ruhani. Today we'll be talking with our newest and youngest reporter, Sharanya Roy, with her segment, The Scribble. And she'll be talking about different book and movie characters. Hello, Sharanya. Hello. So, what do you have planned for us today? Today, I'm going to be talking about Halloween and literary characters and how you could combine them. Oh, cool. So... Uh, what characters do you have in mind? Well, there's obviously my favorite character in the world, Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games. And I'll be talking a little more about Hermione Granger and Cinderella and other fairy tale characters. Oh, great. So what do you think um, makes a well-written character? Um, I would say... A well-written character starts from basically someone who has traits that make them memorable and someone who has a point to prove in the story. Because without a point to prove in a story, there's literally no story. Yeah. And I think one thing is that no character can be perfect, right? Yes, um, in books, we often look for the character being real, um, like like us, and if none of us are perfect, yeah. and if a character is perfect, it kind of has to happen because of backstory. And if mm-hmm. an author provides that, the story becomes more interesting. So I think writing a um, quote unquote perfect character would be kind of hard. Yeah, I definitely agree. I I love to write too. And I think I've been guilty of that as well. Sometimes when you're on paper, you try to project who you want to be. But uh, like you said, as readers, we look for people just like us. Yes. So I heard you wrote a poem. So would you like to read that? Yes, this poem is called The Unhappy End to Cinderella. And since Halloween is near, I decided to make the beloved fairy tale, Cinderella, a little more spooky. Ooh, okay. So I've written the poem called The Unhappy End to Cinderella. We all know the story of Cinderella, the story we have all known from a young age, the story of a maid to a princess, and we have some edits to make. What if the fairy godmother was actually just a fake? In reality, a spooky spirit who was out to trick some maids and destroy the hopes of all of them of going to the regal balls. The tricks of the fairy godmother's sleeves were not to turn a pumpkin into a carriage or to turn mice into chauffeurs, but to crush the destiny of maids. 
Let's say that on this fateful day that Cinderella woke up with the smile of going to the ball. Let's just say this fairy godmother appeared and Cinderella believed all of those empty words. The fairy godmother spirit who disliked all maids as when she was about to perish and poof into the air, no maid was there to help her. This bitter old spirit connived against poor Cinderella, who dreamed way too much. And let's just say the fairy had a couple of friends who shared the passion of crushing dreams along with her. So with the pumpkin carriage that would dissolve on the way, and my chauffeurs who would ditch the carriage at the last moment, and a fool Cinderella, they all set off on a path. After Cinderella saw the beautiful palace, the carriage stopped with a thud, and the bitter old spirit escaped. And Cinderella hesitantly looked around. The mice rode the pumpkin into a crater, and they scurried away. And poor, unknowing Cinderella didn't see the end of the day. The end. So after this, let's just tell all young girls to become Cinderella for Halloween. Wow, that was fantastic. And I love the twist you made. It's way better this way. Um, and one thing I noticed is that you don't seem to be a fan of Cinderella. So could you please um, elaborate why? As I said before, I'm not a big perfect character fan. Mm -hmm. Cinderella, we all know her home life wasn't that nice. Her stepsisters and stepmother, they weren't the best people in the world. But if you read the books or watch the movies, she's always singing away and hoping that someday everything will be better. And she's just the perfect character. And I'm not trying to offend any Cinderella fans, but she's not my type of character. <laughs> yeah, I can see why that is. I've never really thought of it that way. Um, so who is your favorite fairy tale character? I would say the Beauty and the Beast character, Belle. Unlike other fairy tale characters, which like Cinderella, Belle is actually relatable. She fights for what she believes in, unlike other characters. She's fierce and she knows how to prove a point. I think she is a good role model for every single girl, and that is why I prefer her as a character. Now, as I said before, the character traits in a character don't make them strong, but it's the writing. The author wrote Belle as a character beautifully, and I think that contributed to making her my favorite fairy tale character. Oh yes, I love Belle. I think she's so strong and sweet, as you were saying. And I have to say, mine is probably Mulan. I think she's also a great role model for young girls. Um, I remember being very inspired by her. And there's one more. She had red curly hair, Merida from Brave. She's also a really good example. I... I love both of those characters, too. Um, yeah. And what are some examples of strong characters, as we were just talking about? Hermione Granger. Yeah. We all know and love her. She's the muggle who is incredibly smart. And Hermione is not a strong character for just her personality, but for some traits that made her memorable. Her ambition and uniqueness in Hogwarts made many readers appreciate her presence in the series. Oh yeah, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I think that's actually what inspired me to read more. And yeah, Hermione is one of my favorite characters. I totally agree with what she just said. And what do you think are some side characters that complement the main characters in literature, like in Harry Potter? Well, Hermione was a strong character, but I think Ron Weasley made her strong. Ron wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, and that um, helped Hermione's intellect stand out. And their dynamic caused many laughs throughout the series. And Marvel Comics, we've all, I hope we have all watched Marvel movies. I, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of them. And 
there, Wong um, serves as a wonderful sidekick because he never outshines Doctor Strange, but makes Doctor Strange's magical abilities more interesting to read. Basically, side characters have to make the main character serve the purpose the author wants to portray in the story. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I actually love Ron, but I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, what do you think a reader doesn't want in a character because we were just talking about you know what we do want to see is like you know them being relatable to us but i'm sure there's some traits that we don't like um well so if we're looking at the character through the lens of traits Mm -hmm. i think arrogance or a vile temper just is a no-no for readers they'll immediately dislike the character but i think those traits are actually necessary in a book if a story contains just good people and no hurdles to face, the readers won't be willing to keep on reading. An author needs to make sure there's a nice balance of traits. But, as I said before, a character cannot be too perfect. Right. And I think a backstory is necessary if the author actually makes the character perfect. Because in writing, the main thing is relating to the character because otherwise the reader won't be hooked or they don't want to read more of the story. Yeah, and I totally agree with you on that. I think, you know, a great uh, aspect of stories is that they have for for the plot is character development, which we all want to see. So a lot of times we end up rooting for someone, even if they're not very nice in the beginning, because they develop into a better person. I think a great book will have great character development. And can you give uh, me an example where you didn't really like the characters in books or movies? Yeah, sure. So I- I'm not trying to offend any fans in the mystery <laughs> of We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, but I do not like the character progression of Cadence and Claire. Um, in the beginning of the book, we're met with a teenage girl who has angst clouding her perception of her world. And as the story goes on, Cadence does not resolve her anger towards people and stays the same as a spoiled person. Also, in the story, there were no repercussions for her actions, which I found highly unrelatable by the amount of times I get into trouble. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I read that book, too, a few years ago, and I didn't really like it either. And I had exactly the same thought process as you. I thought it was so, like, kind of exaggerated and didn't really make sense. And she wasn't relatable at all. And there was no character development, which uh, the plot wasn't as, you know, compelling. So what type of character do you prefer? So, as I said before, I'm a huge fan of Marvel. And Iron Man is my favorite adventure. And I think the way Iron Man progressed from an arrogant, rich billionaire to a person, a humanitarian, someone who's willing to risk his life for others, I think the way that happened, it was really intriguing. And the backstory was also intriguing about him. So that's one of my biggest preferences. If there's a backstory and that hooks me to the book, I'm immediately Mm going to love that book. And when a history is presented in a book, it it feels like you have a connection to the past. Right. Yeah, and many people, though, like it when the present changes the character, as they like reading the change that did not already happen, and they can see how it's changing, like a immediate connection. And yeah. everyone is different, and they all like different characters. Yeah, I'm with you. I love Tony Stark. I feel like his development is great. Um, really made me want to watch Marvel. Um, in addition to Iron Man, my favorite character is Spider-Man. So um, for Halloween, are you going to dress up as any of the Avengers, or what do you plan on dressing up as? I'm planning on dressing up as Katniss Everdeen from the uh, Hunger Games. I should have known. Yes. Well, yeah. yes, because I think she's one of my favorite characters even my favorite character and if anybody's read the book it's very and captivating and Katniss as a 
person is very strong. She endears so much and learns from all those experiences. And I think that's what made me love her as a character. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this a few times on the show is that we need like good representation, especially for young girls. And Katniss is a great literary figure. And, you know, so is Hermione. Do you know of any other book or movie characters that might make for good representation for little girls? Um, well, many books I read, I looked at them for inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I think in the uh, Percy Jackson series, if and it's uh, it's basically like Harry Potter, but a little more about mytho- uh, mythology. And I think a really, really important character in that book would be... Um, Annabeth? Yeah, Annabeth. Yeah. She was great. um, And because her mother, Athena, is the goddess of uh, wisdom, and her uh, father is a mortal, and the way both of those blend in makes her a strong character, and she's a... um, I think the last time I read it, it was like years ago, but I remember I really liked her as a character because she was so fierce and strong and stood for what she believed in. And those are the favorite type of female characters, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I love Annabeth. I love um, Hermione and I love Katniss. And I love reading Hunger Games um, in middle school. And I know that there are some complaints like... Uh, did you find Hunger Games really violent? And, you know, some, like, uh, people would complain that it's maybe a little too violent for kids. Do you agree with that? I I think I read it when I was, like, 11, uh, 10 or 11. And hmm. I think it wasn't it um, that violent for me. It kind of depends on the maturity level of the reader. I think some of my friends, they love the book, while others just, like... When they started to get to the gory places, they just immediately stopped reading. And I think it's a matter of what they like to read. Because if you like to read fantasy, you'll often encounter gore. But there are some people who like more feel-good books and they won't have gore. But I don't think it was too violent. Like for a five-year-old, of course it's going to be too violent. (laughs) For an eight-year-old, it's an okay amount. Yeah. Um, for a 10-year-old, I think it's a tolerable amount, and it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it wasn't terrible. I think it was, like, per, like a very um, very good social commentary. Like, I felt it was very relatable to certain aspects of, um, you know, the world around us. So for these books, do you get to read any of these books at school, or are they mainly books you, like, have to find on your own? So Percy Jackson, actually, I read that like years ago um, in like third or fourth grade. Um, and that's why my recollection of the characters is a bit hazy. But mm-hmm. um, I think that um, I read this for school and I loved the book. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I remember we had like Dare, which is drop everything and read or something like that. Or sorry, dear. Yeah, drop everything and read. It was a lot of fun. We don't really do that in high school. So I feel like reading as much as you can now because it's going to get super boring with classics. But some of them are good. And do you have any books that are, you know, scary or related to Halloween? Do you have, like, any favorites? Uh, So the book I'm about to talk about is actually not a little about Halloween. It's about ghosts and spirits, I guess. But... It's actually realistic fiction, and actually, you can think about another um, group of people there, and it actually is very informative if you think about it, Um, and it's an inverse novel. It's called Long Way Down. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. Um, What is it about? Uh, Can you go more in depth about it? Yeah, sure. So Long Way Down is a book about a teenage boy whose um, brother unfortunately died in a shootout. And as he tries to get revenge, he goes down the elevator and meets spirits who were all victims of gun violence. 
Oh, wow. That's very interesting and very, um, you know, very um, relatable to these times. And I'll check it out. Um, for me, I, the scariest book I've ever read is probably It. Um, have you heard of that one? Yeah, the scariest book I've probably ever read is It. Have you ever heard of that one? I have definitely heard of the movie. All of my friends were talking about it, and um, we just fantasized about the R rating and when we were allowed to watch it. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah, I probably should have waited, too. <laughs> but, yeah, it was so great talking to you, Sharanya. You were so fun to talk to, and thank you so much. Um, unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Stop Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be the Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Have a very fun, spooky Halloween trick-or-treat and always remember to speak up speak out and express yourself thanks for joining us this week on express yourself produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show be sure to visit expressyourselfteenradio.com please join us again next tuesday at noon pacific time 3 p.m eastern when teens talk and the world listens on the voice america kids channel until then remember to express yourself stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself